18778 Silver is the number as always guildhallwealth.com we'll be talking a little later on about the e story RRSPs and other registered accounts you can use to get physical metals into your uh, your investment should be about time uh, in 2017 to get it started if you've uh, missed the boat we'll catch up on that Darren we're going to look back at the year talk about things coming up in 2017 the year of monetary revolution among other things how are you pal Not too bad. Happy New Year to you, John. It's been a good and eventful holiday season. We ran a couple of shows that really talked about the story of silver and gold, to which the response was immediate almost here at Guildhall, and we're very happy to have a a bunch of new people come aboard. It's been incredible and a very busy and hectic holiday season. I hope everybody was safe and healthy, and welcome to 2017. It's very important to start off the show by letting you know that despite where we ended year uh, in 2016 with silver and gold on a slight downside, comparative to what we had seen a month or a month or two earlier, the year was positive for both gold and silver, which bucks a trend going all the way back to 2011. So that's a big, huge, major step, which one we're going to be focusing on through the next four or five shows. Now, that being said, let's talk about where we came in 2016. Both metals, gold and silver, finished positive, as we said earlier. Silver up around 15% to 16% on the year, while gold finished up about 9% on the year. Now, there was a lot of hoopla that got misplaced, I think, towards the stock market indices and, of course, the stock markets in general. And, of course, another story that we followed throughout the year, the uh, entrance of the Trump uh, era, which certainly garnered more speed during the last quarter. But again, if we look ahead to 2017, some of the things we talked about in 2016 are very pertinent to the year ahead. One of those things, and Jeremy has talked about this at length on The Real Money Show, is the idea of monetary revolution. What's happening in currencies and what's going on in currencies? Because if you look at the metals, both gold and silver, in terms of what they're worth in their native dollars, you'll see that there is a broad spectrum of gains ranging anywhere from the U.S. dollar, which was, as I said, 9% and 15 16% in uh, silver and gold. And you'll notice that there was a correlating response in different currencies around the world, some of which went as high as 30 plus percent in their own native currencies, the U.S. pound being the, I mean, the U.K. pound being the perfect example of that, where after Brexit and that fallout, there was weakness in their currencies in home. And of course, gold and silver skyrocketed in terms of their local currencies. So going ahead into 2017, we do believe that this will be a year of monetary revolution and we've really just gotten you know used to the whole idea that uh, gold and silver are a part of everyday currencies around the world even though we've had our doors open since 2002 and of course they do represent a stalling point when you're discussing currencies because gold in particular does stand in the way of that almighty US dollar so as we go ahead here on today's show we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about those topics 18778 silver online to guildhallwealth.com make sure you check on the e-store. It's, uh, it's revamped. It's new. It's in the top right corner. You can also use PayPal now to start the uh, investing. Continue, man. Well, in turn, what we're going to see this year, I think, uh, may catal- uh, catalyze the most dramatic status quo changes of our lifetimes for anyone born in the post-war era. Never before has the world faced such a man-made calamity of, of such enormity, partly because of policy, particularly the monetary type, but predominantly procreation. As Let's face it, there is no way to economically manage $7.4 billion 
people without scourges of such, you know, things like socialism, fascism, communism, forcing their way into the fold. So, I mean, when the gold standard was abandoned in 71, the global population was just three and a half billion. So we've more than doubled the population in less than five decades. In the early stages of this era, the combination of unfettered money printing and population growth has led to an explosion of economic activity accompanied by what people call fabulous paper wealth. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, once peak debt and demographics were exceeded, and that happened ages ago, many, many eons ago, not uncoincidentally around the time of the historic 2000 and the 2008 financial crashes, overpopulation has become a major global issue. And in my view, this is what's going to lead us down this road of monetary revolution. So today, let's spend a little bit of time talking about what the U.S. dollar means, how gold relates to it, and silver. And in the second segment, we're going to talk a lot about demand and where it's coming from. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, what say you? Yeah, I think that part of this uh, monetary revolution is essentially about trust, trusting the currencies. And part of that is it's very tough to understand what the value of a dollar is when the the measurements that they're using don't allow you to actually know. So, you know, you can't, I can't guess your weight, John, with a measuring tape. I have to use a scale. So if, if I'm not going to use a scale, then I'm going to have a distorted view of what that dollar is actually worth. Now, I look at a, a chart from goldprice.org all the time. It's one of my favorites. It shows, a, it shows multiple currencies and how gold has performed in those currencies over the last 15 years. And really, what you see from every currency, whether it's the U.S. dollar, Australian, Canadian, uh, the euro, uh, the pound, the Japanese yen, etc., is that it shows that overall gold has risen in all of those currencies over the last 15 years. There's actually very little volatility year over year. Again, you can go to goldprice.org. Um, we'll tweet it out. We'll, we'll make sure that people can get it. But for an example, over the last 15 years, gold's up 318% in US dollars. It's up 250% in Canadian dollars. And there's very little volatility. There's only been one year where it was down, where gold was down in all currencies across the board. That was 2013. But in Canadian dollars, for for example, since 2002, it's only had two down years. So what is this chart actually showing us? Well, what this chart is actually showing is that it's not showing the the value increase in gold, but the destruction of of value in the currencies. And how long does it take before a generation realizes that paper money is not worth the money it's print the paper it's printed on? That's what we're talking about. That's what I feel the 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 revolution is going to be about in terms of the monetary revolution, in terms of what people feel about it. I think people are going to look for ways to protect their wealth. I think they're going to finally realize, wait a minute, cash is not king here. And I hear it every day from Canadians who complain about the exchange between the US and the Canadian dollar. Well, how do you hedge against a devaluing currency? Well, Darren, you mentioned it earlier. If you had the British pound before Brexit, sorry, if you had gold before Brexit, you're very happy afterwards when the, when the, the pound dropped 30%. And if you held gold through 2016 in Canadian dollars, when it continued to lose value against a basket of currencies, you're also going to be happy. So it's not about looking at the day-to-day chart on gold. It's not about looking at the even a, a one-year or six-month chart on gold. It's about continuing to have it in your portfolio as that insurance, as that hedge against devaluing currencies, which when you 
pull the camera back and look at look at the larger view of what currencies do, you know they're going to devalue over time. Unless you feel that the government is actually going to pay down the debt, unless you feel the government is not going to print money, then you've got to look for ways to hedge against that devaluing currency. And for us, that is gold and that is silver because at the end of the day, gold and silver are money. They've always been money. They always will be. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com in the east store in the top right corner. Start investing in your RSPs. Use that as well. Hey, Paul. Hey, John. I'm just sitting here listening to all this good stuff. Taking it all in. Happy New Year. Yeah, you know, this week, um, trading started actually on Tuesday this week. Silver's up almost 5%. Gold is up about 3% already. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of the hysteria out of the Trump Hmm. um, election coming, you know, that's going to be on the 20th when he becomes president. I think the last hurrah is out of it. I think, you know, they never reached the 20,000 in the Dow. Uh, it's around about 18,850. 18, They've been trying to push and push. Um, the yen has got beaten up pretty badly today as we're recording the show on Thursday. It's almost down two cents against the dollar, or the dollar is actually two cents against the yen. Uh, the pound is up today almost a cent, uh, and also the euro is up almost a cent today. So... What this does is it strengthens the price of gold and silver. You need to have some physical product in your portfolio. I'm not talking about going to the bank, you know, taking all your cash and putting it in gold and silver. You need to have maybe 15 to 20% just as a hedge. We also sell platinum and palladium, which is two metals that we love and have also done very, very well and look like they're going to increase as well. But if you go to our e-store or go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com, you can start off with small amounts. We have a combo, even on silver, starts with 22 ounces. It's a 10-ounce Royal Canadian Mint Bar, 10 maples and two one-ounce silver bars. You can go to the next step, which is 50 ounces, which is a combo, three 10-ounce silver bars, 20 maple leaves, 2017 maples. You can go to a 100-ounce combo, which gives you 50 maples, five 10-ounce bars, and then we do a 200-ounce as well. You can go to gold. We do small amounts even in a combo. You can do a one-ounce combo, two-quarter-ounce maples, and a half-ounce maple. Get yourself started. Now, if you're looking at larger amounts, um, it's very dangerous to take product home and leave it in your house. Um, You know, though we've got clients that take product, buy an awful awful lot of it, whether they bury it in the back garden or they stuff it in walls, which is up to the client, whatever they want to do with the product. But we suggest that you put it in a safe, secure depository that where your product's allocated, segregated, you get the bar numbers, you can get to visit your product, you can touch the product, hold the product. Um, we suggest that's what you're going to do if you're going to buy maybe ten or $15,000 worth of product. You don't want to put you know, a thousand ounces of silver, weigh 70 pounds. To try to put that in a safe deposit box you know, is heavy. Mm. Um, And what you're trying to do as well is take it out of the banking system and put it into somewhere that is safe and secure. The other way to own gold and silver, which is, you know, today is one of the smartest ways, is to put it in a registered account, which is either an RSP, a TFSA, uh, a Lira, any type of registered account we can accommodate with our partners that we work with on this is Quest Trade. We can put the product 
in a safe, secure depository, the same depository as we use now, um, and have your product available to you to visit. Um, and you can see the product. You can hold the product. This this is three good ways you can take the product home. You can put it in the depository or you can put it in an RSP or a TFSA. And those are great options, Paul. And when we get back in the second segment, basically we want to talk about one of the specific fundamentals that's near and dear to us, which is silver demand and usages. And it's a very key element of why the demand for silver is going to continue to grow. And it's a story that's developing as we speak, John. So we'll get to it when we come back. Guildhallwealth.com is that website, the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, the e-store, all available online, and the good old-fashioned phone call, one eight seven seven eight silver works as well. Start investing today. Lots more of The Real Money Show is coming right up. Talk Radio, AM640. one 8778 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you get the Investor Kit, the Precious Metal Advisor, the e-store on the website as well. You can now use PayPal. And a reminder, for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account, you will receive one gram of gold, courtesy of Guildhall. Some conditions apply. Visit the website for more of those details. Uh, guys, over the next little while, we're going to be breaking down the fundamentals in this market each week and uh, pretty much developing a series, Jeremy. Uh, we're going to start with talking about the demand for silver and where that's coming from, guys. So, uh, so take it away from there. Well, it is important, John. And as we've educated people along the way since 2002 when we opened up our doors, one of the key elements to understanding where silver is heading in the near term, the medium term, and the long term is understanding who's using silver and why. And one of the a part of the equation that we always deal with, which is the largest part of the demand equation, is the actual concept of silver being used in things that are everyday items. This is what we call industrial demand, and it makes up the largest segment of the demand center. It's 80% of all silver used is going to industrial demand. And really what you have to know, if you're an investor in silver, despite where silver goes in terms of pricing, the economy can do whatever it wants. The long-term prognosis for silver outside of a stagnating economy or a crashing stock market is so fantastic and right now is the most undervalued asset I could ever point to in the entire world uh, that we got so much involved in in telling this story and we've been so happy to bring it to our our listeners, but you have to use your own two eyes to seek out this information. So basically we're talking about silver usages, the supply that's coming forth, but how is silver being used day to day? What industries is it being used in? And just how much of a depleting resource it it actually is. Once you start to look at the type of type of emerging technologies, the type of current technologies, the type of products that gold is being or silver is being used in. In fact, there's more patents pendings for industrial silver usages than any other precious metals in existence today. Isn't that right, Darren? It is correct. Absolutely. Silver does hold the most patents pending for any type of metal out there. And of course, when you talk about industrial usage, the biggest sector of that is your everyday usages in electronics. That's the biggest segment of that entire demand. And it will be surpassed by something that we'll talk about in a minute. But for now, it just means that Joe Public is not going to, despite their economic situation, give up their tendency to want to own LCD TVs, iPads, 
iPods, cell phones, smartphone technology, you name it. The public is going to want to own that, and every one of those items has silver in it. Well, let's keep talking about the type of electronic electronic items that uses actual silver. So we've talked about iPads, computers, cell phones, plasma screen TVs. What other things are silver? is silver being used in? Well, if you use a microwave at home, of course, an oven, fridges, uh, again, do you recycle those uh, those components, do you, when you throw them away or give them away, take the silver out of them? You don't. So this is a depleting resource. You're using it up. It's been used in these uh, in these types of uh, applications now for just a very short window of time. I mean, how long have we had smartphones and smartphone technology and um, tablets and things like that? Not for a very long time, relatively speaking. So this is going to grow the demand for silver in the near, medium, and long term. In addition to that, what people don't realize is that that silver is used in a number of other very, very important things that we see Mm -hmm. in everyday society. For example, media storage. If you own a DVD or if you've ever used a DVD, there is silver. It helps to prolong the life as a media storage device, and it is used in DVDs and the coding they put on DVDs. That's just one thing. Again, it's an amazing, uh, it's amazing story to be told. But again, you can find it in antibacterial as an antibacterial agent in bandages to promote a speedier recovery. They've even made bandages now that, when moistened just a small bit, create enough electrical reaction that they work better to repair damaged skin cells in wounds. And that's because silver has this natural ability to absorb bacteria. So things like bandages. Things like athletic clothing, where you can wear athletic clothing and, and you sweat, and then it absorbs the bacteria, so it helps to keep that uh, the smell the funk the the, the smell away. Um, so things like that, new technologies like that. For me, things like uh, transition lenses is also something that silver's used in a lot. So you see it in a lot of different ways, as well as water purification. And I think as we start to think about future technologies where silver is going to be used and where the usage of silver is going to continue to grow, as we've seen in electronic devices, you start to think of things like water purification, battery, as as you were alluding to, Darren, with storage, and as well, the biggest one being solar power. That's something that really came onto the scene. Only since about 2011 did solar power really start to make a dent into the into the demand for physical silver. But it's something that's going to continue to grow exponentially here as, the, as solar power becomes more popular. I find that that's incredible, all these usages for silver. But the funny thing is that if you look at coins, there is no silver in coins anymore. Isn't that strange? Well, again, I think that that's because we've seen a depletion of the resources that mints have had around the world, so they've had to convert to more readily available products. We haven't seen silver in coinage since the 1960s here in Canada, and the same in the U.S. And Jeremy was just talking about solar panels. I mean, silver is a vital component, and if anybody has read the news lately about silver usages or heard, India is on the precipice of being one of the largest users in the world, as as well as China. And on the show on the way down here, Jeremy, we talked this year about uh, Costa Rica being a huge user of solar panels, trying to drive their economic growth by offering power in areas around Costa Rica for development, to bring in tourist dollars, to bring in a growing economy. And of course, that will be the same around the world. I went into one of our local shops. I won't use the name, but it's a 
brand name store. It's been around for decades and decades. And lo and behold, right in the middle of the aisle over the Christmas break, what do I see? Solar panels for sale. Never happened before. I've never seen that. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. And they were readily available. It had, came with a little kit, told you how to put it together and how much you could power things with. But if you look at a typical three by five foot solar panel for residential housing, it'll contain up to 20 grams of silver Damn. in each panel. Now multiply that by millions and in fact, billions of panels that are going to be made and, and made ready to be used. And as Jeremy said, this is newer technology. So already the first, second generation of solar panels are getting turned over. That technology is outdated. And of course, this is where you're going to see real big gains for silver in the near future. Now, eventually, that demand has to impact pricing. You cannot have a cheap asset like silver and call it precious when we know there's a limited supply of it and have it trading at $16, $17. The, the equation just doesn't work. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. You know, I follow Elizabeth May from the Green Party on, on Facebook, and she's always posting different things about solar power. And, you know, she, she posted some things recently about uh, the world's first solar panel road opened in, a Normandy, in Normandy Village. India plans to generate nearly 60% of its electricity from renewables by 2027. Um, Darren, you mentioned what we were talking about earlier about Costa Rica ran almost entirely on renewable energy. And one of the things that you pointed out earlier, Darren, is that a lot of the day-to-day items are things that we throw out eventually. You don't necessarily recycle the silver that's in them. And as solar power gets better and better, they'll probably use less and less silver in it. This is this could be true because the technology will get, they might get smaller, easier to use. But at the end of the day, it's still price inelastic, which means that if there is a quarter ounce of silver in every laptop computer, it doesn't matter if the price of silver goes to $300 an ounce, you're still going to need that that quarter ounce. Mm. And so you're going to have to figure out a way to keep the cost down in other ways. And it's not going to stop because it's also such a small amount. So what's a quarter ounce at that point? You're talking about um, you know, just under $100 worth of silver in, in each computer. You'll find another way to... to to keep your your margins and costs down. And again, if you look at the broad spectrum of usages that span out from that particular area, you're also looking at something that's fairly new, which is called 3D printing. People have heard about it. They're seeing it. Now you're beginning to uh, come across it more frequently. Up to 20 million ounces of silver per year could be used by 2018 uh, to make flexible screens, LED lights, and interposer connections. To make the smallest items, uh, 3D printing basically uses inks made up of silver nanoparticles, and it also also enables the customization of silver jewelry in those same printers. So a very interesting topic to be following because 3D printing is about to take over. They're going to get so affordable that it is more than likely your friend or a friend of a friend or a family member will have a 3D printer. You know, back in the 70s, really silver was only used in a couple things. It was used in uh, cutlery, candlesticks, and, and photography. And since that time... It's been used in so many everyday items as the as technologies have grown, as the population has grown. And what we've seen as well is that the, the actual supply of silvers continue to dwindle. According to um, silverinstitute.org, 
Roughly a billion ounces of silver gets mined every year. This all gets used into all of these products that we've just discussed. And of course, we're also looking at the potential of peak silver, where we're not going to have the ability to continue to to mine a billion ounces of silver a year. And as that starts to to go down, but the usages continue to climb, it's going to be an interesting to it's going to be interesting to see how that economic factor plays out in the price of silver. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com. We're also seeing. I mean, it's only the first week in January, and uh, we're also seeing shortages from our distributors, from from the Royal Mint, for example. There's only so much product that's fabricated and made, and when there is, you know, a pent up demand, it becomes harder and harder to get hold of the product. They can only allocate so much product every month to the wholesalers, the biggest wholesalers, who then distribute that product. So this is a good time to get in, go to our e-store, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com, go to guildhallwealth.com, right-hand corner, go to our website. You can buy small amounts. We ship over $350 free of charge. So whether you know, you're know you in town, you want to pick it up, or you're out of town, you can just order it. You can use PayPal. It's the easiest method to pay for your product. You're paying a very, very small premium. Mm-hmm. Our prices are terrific. Um, we match anybody's prices out there um, for gold and silver. But you can get started, as I said earlier. You can get started with a small combo pack where you're not sure what you want to buy, which is 22 ounces of silver, a 10-ounce bar, uh, 10 maples and two one ounce silver bars. You can go to a 50 ounce, a 100 ounce, a 200 ounce combo. Um, you can buy 100 ounce bars with serial numbers. If you don't want to take the product home um, and you want to put it in a safe, secure depository, which we segregate, allocate, give you the bar numbers, you can visit your product at any time. You can touch the product, feel the product. We're, that's available to you. You can also, the smartest way is to go in a registered plan. If you haven't made your 2016 contribution, this is the time to do it. you got till February the 28th, or is it to February 31st this year? I don't know. <laughs> but you can put your product uh, into an RSP, a TFSA, a Lira, any one of the registered plans. If you have a locked account in a Lira, we can unlock that for you. We partner with Quest Trade. It's very simple. Franker in our office will hold your hand through the whole process of getting the account set up. If you want to transfer money or or your account that you already have with another facility, with another institution, we can take care of that for you. But you can make your 2016 contribution as well as your 2017 contribution. So this is the time to buy gold and silver. It's undervalued. It's a great time to get in. You know, a couple of months ago, we were at $20.60 silver. Today, as we're trading at sixteen sixty, there is more upside than downside. Mm-hmm. On gold, we're, you know, at a, a rate of $1,182. We're up today $16, $17 in one day. That's the type of moves we're expecting. And this is what the time to get in. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. We'll take a short break, guys. We'll bounce over to the other half of this equation. That would be natural, fancy colored diamonds. We love those, Paul. I know you're excited for that. In the meantime, um, you know, take note of this. Uh, for every uh, $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account that Paul was just talking about, you'll receive one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Order's over 350 bucks. They'll ship it to you. And if you need more information, the number is always one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com as well. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.
One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. You want to see the collection, guildhalldiamonds.com. Another half of this, Jeremy, this fantastic investment is natural fancy colored diamonds. Love talking about these every week. They are really good ways to protect wealth. They're so rare that because of that rarity, the demand is always in place. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the, the, the values consistently increasing where every year new new investors coming into the market have no choice but to to spend more in order to acquire the same type of goods that we can that we can get at guildhall we actually go out and acquire diamonds all the time for for our own purposes because we believe in the assets so much and also because we just don't see them very often anyone who's been in the color diamond collecting um area or they've they've been involved in colored diamonds knows that to find an internally flawless vivid yellow diamond that is of good quality in terms of the balance the symmetry the polish and and just something that gives it that fire and that that brilliance and delight that you're looking for in a diamond where the strength of color's there but it's also really bright and and gives you that personal enjoyment, those diamonds are very, very, very difficult to come by. And so, you know, you can find diamonds that are beautiful, but do they carry the same sort of pedigree of being internally flawless, of, of having, you know, very good cuts, of having that balance and proportion, and not having to have it in jewelry, for instance, that where some of those, some of those imbalances can be smoothed out, as it were. So for us, we're more than happy to continue to acquire colored diamonds on a regular basis for ourselves and also for our clientele. You know, as a, as a Canadian company, we have noticed that Canadians are very much aware of the lack of purchasing power that the Canadian dollar has had over the last year and a half. And so sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating for a client who might look at the prices and say, well, diamonds are valued in US dollars, just like other commodities. And I might not want to pay that extra 35% Canadian dollar to acquire that diamond, even if the prices of diamonds are going up. And even if I know I'm going to overcome that 30%, etc. Well, we do have diamonds in our portfolio that we did acquire for ourselves again, when the Canadian US dollar was much, much nice. lower when we were at par, when we were at 105, 110, and the prices of the diamonds have continued to rise from there. So if you're thinking about a natural fancy colored diamond, we encourage you to contact us. We are more than happy to show you which diamonds are offering the best value, which diamonds we can maybe work with um, in terms of giving a better opportunity. Because again, we, we have held these diamonds for several years in some cases. So that's a good opportunity to pass on to our listeners. Otherwise, 2016 was another just incredible year for natural fancy colored diamonds. We saw a lot of diamonds go for go at auction, a lot of just one-of-a-kind, extraordinary diamonds go at auction, which again just highlights and puts a, shines a spotlight on just how beautiful these diamonds are and why uber-wealthy individuals want to hold a natural fancy colored diamond because, you know, once you've put aside your the money that you need for your expenses, where else can you put your money where it's going to be safe for even more than a generation and, or even a few generations if possible? Well, this is where natural fancy colored diamonds come into play because, again, we were just talking about a, a, a vivid yellow diamond. 
And the fact is, is there might only be eight to 10, 12 diamonds between one and three carats of that quality that come out. So this is why people want to be involved in a very rare natural fancy colored diamond. It protects wealth. A diamond like that is going to increase anywhere from as much as 18, could be even a little more than 20% valuation gains year over year. So once you've covered your expenses and you're looking for other places to store your wealth, you have to be considering a natural fancy colored diamond. You know, Jeremy, you you were right in saying that, you know, all of our diamonds, for example, on our website, Guildhall um, Diamonds, everything is priced in U.S. dollars. Um, but we did and we do buy diamonds, you know, every year. Not every diamond sells that day. Sometimes we're holding a diamond. could be two, three years. It could be five years. I really don't care because my portfolio goes up 20% a year of the quality of diamonds I buy. I'm talking about vivid pinks to fancy yellows. I mean, you know, some diamonds go up 6% a year. Some diamonds go up 40% a year. We have right now uh, a tender diamond that we won at this year's tender. Uh, You know, we paid 40% more than we would expect to at this year's tender. So that stone could easily double in two years. So our prices, you know, we pay in U.S. dollars, but the currencies do fluctuate. Um, There's an interesting uh, article that actually was on Yahoo today about uh, Prince Harry's on the cover of Town & Country for February 2017. But on the cover, it says, Investment Portfolio 2017, Are Diamonds the New Safety Net? So this is an English magazine, Town & Country, is basically read by... A lot of wealthy people, um, you know, they they understand owning a, a fat natural fancy colored diamond is a great investment and you're going to make money. It's something that you don't have to worry about looking at the price every day. You take it, you put it away or you want to put it into a piece of jewelry and it just increases in value. I'm not talking about day trading. When you buy a natural fancy colored diamond, as Jeremy said earlier, at auction prices, diamonds are fetching 30 million, 50 million. Mm. Not everybody's got that type of pocket pocket money, you know, that type of scratch. But we try to accommodate customers from as small as $10,000 up to, you know, a couple of million dollars if you want to spend on an investment grade diamond. Every diamond we sell comes with a GIA, which is the Gemology Institute of America. That is the certification of the diamond. You do not purchase a diamond unless you get a GIA and a full GIA. You know, we have a GIA diamond graduate on board. My daughter, who took extensive courses, has has graded diamonds. So we go out. When I buy a diamond, I'm always looking for a second opinion and a third opinion. You know, I don't. I see lots of diamonds. I don't buy them. You know, even if a diamond could be internally flawless, but it could have so many extra facets in it, it's not going to give you the scintillation that you want to get out of that vivid diamond. The diamonds that I turn down, somebody else is buying. They're not inferior diamonds, but they're not of the quality that we try to bring to our customers. The criteria, first is the color. The color has to be evenly saturated. Then there's the cut. The cut has to be right. The table has to be a certain size. That's the top of the diamond. The depth has to be a certain size. If it's too deep, you're not going to get the fire coming off of the diamond. The carrot weight. In yellows, we only do over a carrot. As Jeremy said earlier, and a vivid 
IF diamond. There's from one to three carats. There's probably eight of these diamonds from, you know, manufactured, cut and polished every year. So only eight or ten diamonds come to market on an intense of two, three carat. Again, same thing, maybe 12 diamonds a year come come to market. This is the type of diamond that we sell. So you've got the cut, you've got the, the color, and then you've got the clarity. We have, I would say, and I keep on saying, that we've got the largest selection of internally flawless yellow, vivids, intense, and fancy diamonds anywhere in the world today of quality. Go to our website, look at... The pinks, we have argyle pinks, every argyle pink, every pink diamond we have is of VS quality or better. That means it's of incredible, incredible clarity and quality. This is the type of diamond that you buy as an investment to make money. If you're looking to retire in 10, 15 years time, you're looking to put your kids through university, get into this type of investment. You can buy an argyle pink for 50000 In 15 years, it could be worth $200,000. If that's the type of money you're looking to make, you're looking to invest in, give us a call. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamonds.com to see the collection. You know, Paul, you were just talking about uh, retiring, and when, when we... <laughs> when- when when we we start out uh, creating a financial plan, we have lots of ideas, and you know, being in in the gold and silver business and and colored diamond business, we we've talked to you know thousands of people who and their portfolios and discussed their their approaches to things and what their approaches have been in the past and how they want to change things for the future. And let me tell you, two thousand and eight really hurt a lot of people. They had to fight for the next four or five years to get back to, to square one and then and then fight more to try to get even further ahead. But the damage was already done. And so the point, the reason I'm mentioning that is that sometimes, you know, the best plans don't work. And so a colored diamond in your portfolio is one of those things that you can really count on if you can... Afford to buy something for twenty five thousand and invest in something for forty or fifty thousand and really not have to worry about it. And if you never have to sell it, that's even better. That means that everything worked out fine and you've got something that you can pass on to another generation. Lucky you. If things don't work out, you know, if you'd bought a natural fancy colored diamond in the early eighties, for instance, you probably could have bought a red diamond, Paul, for something like twenty $25,000 or wow. something. One carat was going, uh, you know, for between thirty dollars to $50,000. Today it's a million six. So it's, I know, I mean, you could say that about a property. You know, you could have bought a house in Toronto, a single family dwelling for thirty five, forty thousand dollars 40000 Today, you know, the average home is about $780,000 in Toronto. I mean, we've had a 20% increase in real estate in Toronto, but if you go to Vancouver, it's 18% down this year. However, Real estate will not go up forever. How, and however, been- with the, the difference between a diamond and real estate is that with real estate, even if you buy it outright, you're paying taxes, you're paying insurance, you're, you're paying hydro, there's you there's all sorts of accompanying expenses and you can forego the insurance side of it but 
Either way, there is going to be an ongoing annual cost of doing business, whereas with a natural fancy color diamond, that just is not the case. It's something you buy, you put away, and it continues to make money. So, you know, if someone was going to compare a million dollar property with a million dollar diamond, and let me tell you, we have done that at Guildhall. We have seen, because we've had a blue diamond that we sold and did better on than if you'd bought real estate in Toronto. So I know from, from our personal experience that real estate can be great, but diamonds, if you have the means, if we're talking about six properties and one of those properties could be a diamond instead, you can do the comparison for yourself. The type of money that you can invest in a diamond shows the type of returns you can get. So obviously a million dollar diamond is going to give you much better returns than a $20,000 diamond. But that's how it works in natural fancy colored diamonds. We had a story that came out in 2016 of this couple that bought a pink diamond for about a million dollars, I believe. And eight years later, they were selling it for about 11 to $12 million. Jeez. So look, that's, that's how it works. But getting back finally, just to, to sum up here, the idea is that we, the best laid plans don't always work. And it's nice to know that if you, if you bought a colored diamond, you held onto it for 20 years, you have improved on that asset's value. It didn't go down in value. It's not like a white diamond where, okay, if you have to sell it, you didn't lose all your money. We're not talking about losing at all. We're saying you can, can hold on to something and watch it continue to accrue value year over year. And if and hopefully you don't have to sell and let it continue to accrue for other generations. And I have to add to that, we've never ever sold a client a diamond and they've never ever lost a penny. They've always made a return on that diamond. Uh, you know, sometimes a client needs the money desperately uh, and they want to sell something, but they've never ever lost. You can't say that about a white diamond. You can't say that about a, a car. You can't say mm -hmm. that about the, the average investment. If you want to get out of something and it's a fire sale, you normally have to pay the premium to get out of it. Um, with a natural fancy color diamond, uh, it's it's just a super super investment. And as I said, you know our prices are in US. There's some diamonds that we bought at par, a little above par. Give us a call; we can make a deal. One eight seven seven eight Silver Guildhall Diamonds dot com. You have to see the collection and then head off and see the guys to make that purchase initially. Lots more of the Real Money Show. It's coming right up. Talk Radio AM six forty. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, the precious metal advisor, the investor kit, get that stuff as well. And for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account, you will receive one gram of gold. Some conditions apply. Visit the uh, the website for more details, guys. Let's, uh, let's take it home. Darren, what do you got for me? Well, we talked in the first segment about the idea of monetary revolution. I want to drive home the point of why it's correlated to gold and silver before we move on anywhere. And the fact is that currency is found in many forms other than paper. Currency can be in barter form. Currency can be in gold and silver form. I mean, if we go back thousands of years, in fact, at one point in time, gold and silver were the only forms of currency. So to think in terms of just the paper value of money or paper money in general is to be very limited in your scope of understanding about where the economies of the world are heading. We experienced a tremendous, a tremendous uh, amount of inflation in different parts of the world last year in 2016 without ever having it impact us here. Uh, look to countries like Venezuela and now Zimbabwe and uh, another handful of smaller countries, again, maybe not as significant to the global picture, but those countries are experiencing hyperinflation. I want to point us towards one country that could 
see 2017 as a record terrible year for them. And I hate saying it, but Japan, our friends in Japan, that economy is looking really bad right now. They've done everything from quantitative easing right down to negative interest rates to encourage people to spend. Their population is aging. They have the highest of all the G20s, the highest average age of people there, which is 47, just under 50. So they're going into an age and an era in which their population is decreasing for the 10th year in a row. The yen, the carry trade on the yen is going to wind down at some point. And of course, although we watch the correlation of that particular currency in gold, the yen does have a lot to say about where currencies around the world end up. So we want to look at 2017 and be aware of these things and why countries like Japan and others in the similar position to them, like Italy and Greece and Germany and uh, other various countries who have an aging population are going to be likely uh, to be found investing in things like gold and silver. And these are the reasons why, because they want to protect what little they have left of their wealth. So moving forward, that's what we can expect to see, and we're going to watch it as a growing trend. Now, not only that, but we talked about usages, and we're going to next week talk about uh, the supply of silver and where it comes from and what countries are making the most uh, in terms of silver, and you'll be surprised to hear some of the statistics, so please remember to tune into The Real Money Show next week. In addition to that, going home here, we're going to talk a little bit about sentiment in 2017. If you look at gold investment in terms of what's being bought, uh, and we use just Guildhall as a snapshot, investment uh, sentiment through Guildhall is at a four-year high. Coming into 2017, we've never opened up so many accounts. 2016 was a record year for the total number of new clients brought on board, bigger, small, short, or tall. And if you look uh, across the board at other various indicators of where gold sentiment is, among Western households, running into 2017, it's the strongest end-year reading since 2012. Now, not only are we seeing demand rise for gold and silver, we're also seeing the ways in which you can hold gold and silver increase. And one of the best things that we can do is talk about here at Guildhall and The Real Money Show, the idea of registered accounts. If you currently own an RRSP, you know why you invested in RSP. You got a tax shelter in the immediate uh, short term. You're able to uh, put off or defer that tax cost until later in life, closer to retirement. If you had a TFSA, you know why you're using the TFSA. It's capital gains free. It's money that you can put into that account, used to invest in a vehicle such as gold or silver, and have no capital gains when you go to sell or get out of that. So again, these are registered accounts which we handle at Guildhall. You can use Liras if you're close to retirement looking to convert an RSP or if you're looking to convert a Lira into something else. You can also use RESPs if you're preparing for your children's education. Why on earth if you have disposable income at your hand and you're putting it into the stock market, don't be risking your children's future. It's just not a wise thing to do and why more people don't use the RESP is beyond me. You're getting a free uh, certain percentage of money matched by the government. So just for putting an RESP in your child's name and putting in, you know, two, three, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, you're going to get some of that matched by the government in the form of a, of a courtesy uh, for putting the RESP out there in the first place. Question, Darren, just to interrupt you. If somebody's already got an account with another institution, how easy is it to transfer that account to, to Questrade? 
Well, it takes about 10 to 12 business days to get the whole thing done. I don't want to uh, make it seem like it can be done the day you're interested. But that being said, it's easy. It's really easy, Paul. In fact, it's just a matter of making a phone call to the office and getting engaged in the process. Either you're going to be moving your existing portfolio or a portion thereof, or you'll be adding new funds and bringing some old funds over. But if you have an RSP that you've already established, it's just sitting at the bank, you're not sure what it's doing or you're not happy with its performance and you'd like to do something else with it, we can do that. And the cost, you'd be amazed to find out, is much smaller than what you would think to bring it over from your bank to uh, Guildhall with Quest Trade. Again, something that we can do very easily at Guildhall. And now, if we look at the year ahead, and this is probably the most important part, we want to look at what the market is telling us. Sure, gold and silver are nowhere near their highs during this bull market. And of course, we've dwelled on value uh, till we're blue in the face. But in terms of where we are, If you look at the numbers already for 2016, you might be surprised to find out that based on what we are seeing, 2016 was a record year of sorts. If we look at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange where they change uh, paper every day in the form of futures, some of which get delivered on a monthly basis, most of which do not. But if we look at that as a key inkling to where trading volume is going, CME Group's metals trading volume averaged 460,000 contracts a day in 2016, which is up 34% from 2015. And metals volume averaged a record 488,000 contracts a day in the fourth quarter of 2016, which is up 50% from 2015. And for the quarter, gold futures in particular and options average daily volumes was up 51% year on year to 279,000 contracts. Uh, Again, this is an inkling as to where we're heading. We don't trade in paper. We believe in the physical, and that's the only way we uh, do things at Guildhall. And if you want to open up an account, you must understand that the first and most important way to do it is simply make a phone call, go to our e-store online, and get yourself some precious metals. If you'd like to take them home, that's just fine with us. You can pick them up. And if the purchase is over $350 through our e-store, we'll be happy to ship it to you for free. Secondly, if that's a security concern for you or if buying and selling is a necessity, you can have the storage facility and use the vault at Guildhall in order to uh, store your product safely, buy and sell on a phone call, get your reports, and view your metals if you want to go see them. And third, as we mentioned already, why not put that all together, take some home, put a little bit in storage, and have a registered account. Have gold or silver in your RRSP, in your TFSA, in your Lira, or your RESP, and do it uh, before the deadline comes. We're now into 2017, and as this year progresses, we know how fast time travels. You have just 60 days to get the ball rolling and finalize your 2016 contributions to your RSPs now. And finally, just a, a reminder, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. It's very important for us at Guildhall that if you're going to invest in precious metals, that you are able to hold that in your hands so that you know that you have bought 
physical precious metals, which is real money, no counterparty risk. And uh, we look forward to talking with you in the future. One eight seven seven eight silver is a number. Finally, in guildhallwealth.com, as Darren mentioned several times, the investor kit, precious metal advisor, and using uh, registered accounts to invest for every $5,000 U.S. invested in said account, you'll receive one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. E-store up and running, PayPal, you can use that as well. Couldn't be simpler to invest in physical metals right now. More of The Real Money Show. And uh, I'll wrap it for this week. Until next time, right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.